Check this out. Oh my god. Where'd you find that at? This was at GameStop. And uh, it's like a little, you know, it's one of those little like bust piggy bank things, but it's like, as you can see, you can tell what it is, right? Yeah, it's Frank Miller Batman. Yeah, there you go. That's badass. And I'm not sure if you get close enough, I'm not sure if you can see this, but. There's something on his knuckles? Is there blood on his knuckles? Blood? A little bit of blood down here on the belt, a little bit of blood up there around here. That's pretty badass. Yeah. Okay, well, if you if we're showing off action figures, let's start the podcast off. Oh, we're actually recording now. Yeah, we're always. I'm not recording. even asking. Of course, you're fucking recording. You're supposed to be fucking NSA over here. Let, let, let me show you an action figure that I got. That's a really awesome solid snake. How much did that cost you? Uh, I think Laura Power got it for 50? like fifty. No, it was actually wasn't that expensive because it came from like China. <laughs> <laughs> so, a so high like, end off brand. Some no action on off brand. It's a Figma one, but um, I think it might have been like fifteen or twenty. Oh, all right, fifteen or twenty. Shit. Now I it's kind of one of those things. This is one of the reasons I don't. But for a while, it was one of those things. Like, all right, I don't. But this is gonna sound so like fucking like broy misogynistic. But one of the reasons why I stopped buying figures for a while I was like, this is scared away pussy. And I'm like, oh, I can still get pussy and get this. Now it's one of those <laughs> things where it's just like, oh, now it's just too fucking expensive. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, yeah, so not these Chinese ones. Now, now I'll see something that's like you know like. 20 bucks like oh what a steal well that'd be something like cheap like scare me away i know it's funny how things are now it's just like ah that doesn't cost very much sure i'll buy it what the hell i still can't believe i bought the great capullo buster thing for like 50 bucks but this must be this must be like amazing like opening for people who just turned in like oh let's show let's have show and tell for people who <laughs> you can't know, like, even see what we're talking about what figure did you buy today well how about you yeah no just to give an idea of what mine is, because I honestly thought this would just be a little thing as you're setting up. You didn't know we'd be talking about this on the podcast, but I thought, why be setting up? I'd just be showing you this thing. It's basically just one of those little, like, hollow bank things, but it's just Frank Miller, uh, Batman. Like, all mean, teeth-gritting, bloody-fisted Batman. So, yeah. Have you, Out of curiosity, I was going across the internet, and I was listening to, like, songs on Spotify, and I was listening to the Pokemon to be a master one. You know that it's one of yeah. my go-to's always. Well, I was I went down to like the related albums to that. I'm like, well, let's just see what else is in the similar thing. Have you ever listened to that like Ninja Turtles coming out of our shells album from like 1990? No. <laughs> there, there's a pause there. I you guys. I, I just wait. Is it is this like the musical Broadway thing? It's not a musical. It's literally like to be a master, but with Ninja. <laughs> except for do they have like the turtles coming in and singing them parts? literally except for picture it instead of being okay you know like to be a master sort of like prince sort of um michael jackson ish with michael with a jackson. little bit of rap and everything like that that's kind of like the vibe that goes for you know maybe some spice girls and some other pop around the time backstreet boys things like that okay well since this is like 1990 well there's a lot of influences going on like each song's almost different but it's almost 
if you mixed like Bruce Springsteen with like Kenny Loggins and <laughs> thrown in a how the fuck does Springsteen play in the Turtles? How the fuck? I kid you not. There's a the, he's the <laughs> other side of the bridge. There is literally a song in there where it just like it starts off and it's almost like this is kind of like Pearl Jammy slash Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> and then there's other songs that are almost like Huey Lewis. And then there's rap and everything in there too. It's so fucking weird. Huey Lewis, I kind of get. If it was like even Billy Joel, I'll get. But like Springsteen hits the other side of the river. Well, I think it's like right at that time period because probably the people making the album are like, they're not kids obviously they're probably like in their 30s maybe 40s so they're going okay well what are we fucking like what are the what are, what are no, the kids into you, and what you. are we I'm like a, and we'll just like meet in the center i know i'm acting as if like it all has to be new york related but um no yeah i get you i don't even know where vanilla ice comes from i assume the vanilla ice was like um was was like probably california but um I, I, maybe i'm wrong there we He's probably from something random like fucking Maine or Michigan. Just something you wouldn't really expect. I, I heard his whole life story on the Chris Jericho podcast. I'm surprised. I'm drawing a blank now, but whatever. <laughs> that, that coming out of our show, that really sounds, it's like kind of like just like an allegory for like, I'm out. I'm free, Dad. This is who I am. You can't stop me. Well, it's like the songs are all kind of like, yeah, we're coming out of the shells. We're fighting in the streets. Come on, Raph. Let's do it. I should literally play. I, if I had it loaded up, I would just play some of the stuff for you because it's just hilarious. At some point, you just pull up your phone, just scroll down. Let's just hear something. I mean, if we play a little bit, I mean, I can't imagine the copyright being too bad on it. You know, no, that's, I, I can't mean, imagine like, it being. Where's like, that guy's gonna be like, whoa, 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 whoa? Unless it's Warner Brothers. <laughs> that's the only time. Is I, I really? I feel like it's owned by. I think it's currently owned by. Unless this is some other like back end deal, I think it's currently owned by Paramount. So I don't know how how much they are on that but i will say yeah because Warner brothers would have only had it for like that period when they bought new line but hold on i'm gonna grab my other phone okay well as i am carrying this on another thing that i did too speaking of to be a master you know of all the pokemon go thing and all that kind of stuff i went back and watched yeah. a little bit of the i'm pretty sure it's be pokemon i'm pretty sure it's be pokemon themed for the next like three or four weeks and i think the whole point is the fact that since we're like generation one, I feel like we could own this Pokemon Go more than anything else. But I went back and I started actually watching a little bit of the old anime show again because I'm like, you know, it's been so long since I've seen it. Well, I guess not that long, maybe like six or seven years. But I went back and I watched about the first five episodes or so. And I know it's not like the most perfect show. And realistically, if you don't, it only works for like Pokemon fans. There's no way you could sell that show to anybody else. Mm-hmm. But I still have a good fond enjoyment of it. I still watch and go, okay, Ash is always going to be retarded. And, you know, sometimes Mish- <laughs> uh, Misty's just, like, obnoxious. But there's still something about it, I think, just because it takes me back to that perfect fourth grade time and everything in it's just great. I think anything can kind of do that. Not to, like, bring it down more than it already is. But, I mean, I think it's one of those things that I, most of my fond memories kind of come from, by this point, originally it was the show that got me into it. But most of my fond memories of it come from playing the game as well as just like you know, trade like playing the games with my friends and all that, and trading the figures and all that kind of stuff. So that's where most of my fond memories come from, as far as that goes. But the show, like we watched the movie a little bit ago and did the audio commentary, I guess in places <laughs> one of our. Oh, here we go. Sorry, uh, keep going. Let's hear it. Well, here we go. This is called Pizza Power. I'm feeling the Huey Lewis movie. Huey Lewis of it. 
Oh, yeah, I think this is the song that was like Huey Lewis like. I listened to it through twice because I was having a great time. I'm expecting the power of love to come in. Oh, it's called Pizza Power. This is just a random fuck in the background. <laughs> Pizza Power. This is probably the best song in the album. <laughs> okay, well that's one song. So okay, you, you get a vibe there. We we got kind of our maybe Huey Lewis, Kenny Loggins. I think this might have been the one. This is almost like your kind of um, warrant power ballad song. You know, you got your hair metal, let's take a break, let's pull up the acoustic guitar song. I'll give you one more. Then this is the weird one too. April's got her own ballad, just like Misty. Oh, really? But I'm actually really surprised I never, ever came across that back in the day. Now, I mean, maybe that was one of those ones that was just a couple of years before. Well, I'll say this. I, I never had, like, really a music player probably at that time when that came out. But still, I'm surprised. that's like something I would have found, like, at a Rasputin's or something when we're like, oh, my fucking God, what is this? And I, I guess just you come about it whatever time you do, but. <laughs> that right there is, like, I'll be honest. When you first said it, I'm like, what the fuck is this? I was I was kind of prepared for the worst, but I mean, I'll be honest. The uh, the Huey Lewis one, uh, the uh, Warren one, Pizza Power. Yeah, that was yeah, actually. It's not bad. They're not really all that bad, really. I have to check that out out of curiosity. Maybe click private session, but uh, well, I listened <laughs> to it for good measure. But like you know, um, no, That's probably Ninja Turtles. No, there's no judgment in Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like you listen um, to like the. My- Pony like you know soundtrack, Rony for something like that, some shit like that. I'm just sort of name out there. I don't even actually know if that's a real one. People are like, oh fuck, he knows it, you know. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's actually I'm surprised. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, that was when that thing was at its height. Like, did that come out in 1990? You said. I think it was 1990 exactly. Oh wow. So probably right after. You got some static on your end? Eh, I got a little bit, but it's I don't know. It's late at night. Who knows? Well, it could be. Oh, I know what it is. The phone? I think it might be. No, it's because the PlayStation's downloading something. Oh. Laura, you want to <laughs> pause that game and then load up the PS4 and just give it the old turny turn off? Where you, you, you turn it on and then you tell it to stop doing what it's doing and not running in the background. You got to say it in a British voice. Otherwise, it sounds like, Woman! 
<laughs> yeah. If you say it in a British voice, then it doesn't sound um, nearly as threatening or nearly as uh, commanding. <laughs> he asked nicely. Or if it's like, hey, can you, can that- you turn off the TP- PSP? Yeah, that's not. Mm. Yeah, God damn it. Get that fucking PSP off. Mm. The PSP's no. not causing any problems. Yeah, well, it's pissing me off right now. Just the way it's looking at me. Just the way it's uh, just No, stick. go to power options. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, and turn off PS4. Here's a tutorial for you folks at home. <laughs> okay, so um, Ninja Turtles, and uh, I can't remember where we left off at. That it was surprisingly good, and you liked it, and it just kind of took you back to your childhood, that kind of thing? Well, yeah, 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 because it was like... As I said, I, I was listening to Be a Master, and then I went to, like, the related artists, and I just kind of started falling down the Spotify rabbit hole. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> Sorry, there's a mosquito in here. Fucking cocksucker. And the other day, yesterday, God, I'm getting so off topic here, but there was a fucking June bug in here, and he was, like, this big. Can you see that? Like, fucking, yeah. like, the size of, like, my palm. Really? That's a big-ass bug. Yeah, I kid you. I know. They only come out for, like, one, you know, maybe one week of the entire year. But yeah, there's one in here. And then when I was trying to get him in the cup and stuff, he was like popping up on his hind legs or whatever. And being like, yeah, yeah. And when they make that hiss noise. Yeah, when they do that little high pitch thing. Do they make a high pitch noise? So that was like, I've heard him do that. I think they do that too, but they'll make like a squeal. Really? Yeah. It's when kinda... bugs actually make a squeal like that, that's actually one of the most unsettling things right there. I don't know what it is. Just something about just a bug going, meh, you know, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I know. I just, well, because he was just like, he was getting the living daylight scared out of him. Mosquito, goddamn. I guess that is one of those things that like, we probably think it's like a battle cry, but it's probably like, like, please, like, God, don't crush me down. That's probably what it's more like, you know? Well, yeah, because he looked all fearful. You know, most like insects, they just kind of like lollygag into their cup and then you can take them outside and let them be free. But that one was like, he just like thought he was getting fucking sent to Auschwitz or something. (laughs) 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 It was like, just because you're getting in this container and I'm going to seal you up for a second, that does not mean gas is going to come out next. (laughs) Well, he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. He's going into the abyss. I guess that's got to be the closest thing to like an alien abduction to bugs. Just like, dude. You won't believe what the fuck I saw. The thing, like, just pushed me into, like, this, I don't know, it's like this, it was a force field. This, like, jar thing came in down and just held me in. I couldn't go anywhere. I could I could see him, but I couldn't go through it. It was fucking weird. He was looking was, at me. Was he going to eat you, man? Was he going to fucking eat you or step on you? Like, you were you freaking out? I was losing my shit. The next thing you know, I'm falling out of the fucking window. I hit the ground, and I just... Fuck, dude, I have a whole new perspective on life, man. I got Or there's the ones that are just, like, get kidnapped by, like, kids and get put into a jar where, you know... (laughs) Mr. Tarantula, you are now my slave. (laughs) And they just look up, they just see, like, this weird saran wrap. And just imagine the noise that has to come across. The saran wrap. (laughs) Yeah, like that. And then just, and all of a sudden, just like... Yeah. Like... I thought he was going to stab me. I saw it come down six times, but then I realized he was just making an air hole for me. He wanted to watch me suffer. You know, he's just like, oh, guys, hey, come look at my new look at my new pet bug. Come look at that. Isn't that cool? But then he just sees, like, these, like, weird, creepy eyes, just, like, you know, almost like like a, like wide-angle lens coming in at him. And I looked to my left, and I saw a snake over there, and I was like... <gasps> How long has it been? And he goes, this is all I know. I know nothing more than this tank. (laughs) (laughs) And to feast upon your kind. (laughs) He feeds you to me. 
He's like, what? No, no. It's like, the way weird. it's always been. It's also like the new Pixar movie coming out. <laughs> Pixar, I'm wondering if Pixar... It's just little boys capturing fucking animals to feed to their snake. Bugs, what, Bugs Life 3 or 2? Yeah, Bugs Life 3. There just wasn't even a 2. It just went straight to 3. It was so extreme, they had to skip 2. <laughs> you know, this movie is so good that why even bother with another... Why, call, why bother with two more sequels? We're just going to skip right to the third one. Yeah, exactly. But, um, no, that was good. Pixar has actually been getting kind of darker and a little, like, heavier. I mean, not not so much to the point of, you know, like, you know, um, Auschwitz puppy or something like that. But, I mean, it's they've been getting to the level level of, like, what was, uh, like, like whatchamacallit, um, uh, Inside Out ultimately ends on the note, like, hey, you gotta be sad. You gotta be sad once in a while. It had some real tear-jerking moments. I saw Finding Dory with some friends, and that movie's ultimately about, like, dealing with a kid with special needs, ultimately. And it treats it very seriously. It's a lot of funny. It's, there's a lot of funny in it, but there's a lot of, there's a handful of moments that are just like, oh, my God. Where you see the parents, are like, how is she going like, to, there's flashbacks when she's younger, and the parents are like, how is she going to survive out there? How is she going to get by? You know, like a serious, like, crying conversation. Like, holy fuck. So, I wonder if they will reach that point, though, where it is just kind of like, you know, like, yep, kids, one day your dog is going to die and it ain't getting back up. Well, you know, it makes sense, though, because you can even I'll use two other examples. There is Up, which just start off with someone fucking dying and then this tragedy of like the guy living alone. And then two, there was the, you know, in Toy Story 3, they were sent to like the incinerator almost, which is which is as close as you're going to get to like the the Pixar Auschwitz movie. Somebody, even, I think it was Wes, made the comparison. Like, you know what? They are, they're all going into this incinerator. Woody has a star on his chest. You know, when you think about it, you know? <laughs> Steven. But no, uh, like, um, and like, I think even Kevin Smith called it Schindler's Toy Box. But um, then you think about that movie, because that was like one of the most real moments, I think, in any mo- movie. Where, like, as you know, the whole movie's kind of funny. But they reach this point where they all just like, they're all struggling. They're all trying to get out of there. And they just grab hands like we're gonna die together. It's just like, what the fuck? I mean, I knew it wasn't gonna happen, but it's still, just like just they, they, they accepted death and they just said, "Let's just ride this one out." And the fact that, like, I, if I it guess did the option B the- is they could all start whipping out their dicks and just start beating it. That's like it's going down. <laughs> <laughs> no music, just the, the, the music. Just, just look at each other, all primal, <laughs> and then they're just going at it, just fucking going at it. Every single one on there, and then, then all of a sudden the incinerator just kind of turns off, and they just all kind of look at each other, put it back slowly, and just act like nothing happened. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. We sure looked out of that one, right, guys? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's get back to Andy's. <laughs> Andy's. And then there's even the part where, like, because I was thinking, like, what was the whole, like, the, they're going to the incinerator thing. I was just, the other ending is just, like, they hit the fire, and it's just, like, you see them all break, woo, woo, like, all flopping, and then just like, all melting sudden, just, like, down and everything. Like the fucking Nazi and like Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, like that face like that, show Woody. Yeah, like, <laughs> and, like your old plastic's just kind of coming off. Melts in onto his face, just like burning into his skin, like, ah, you know. <laughs> so there's many he's ways. like trying to, he's trying to pull it off, but as he's gripping the plastic, he's trying to pull it away. It fuses to his hands, like, ah, you know, just crumples down, you know, just so fucking graphic. <laughs> exactly. and, then, and then what we end up doing is like, 
after they're all after you see them all die like painfully, just holds credits black, no music for a minute. Then all of a sudden, slowly, just an off key, no instruments behind them, just Randy Newman. You get friend in me, you know, and just like, like yeah, no, no, no music behind it, just literally his voice and his voice alone. Just you know, black you background, slow credits rolling. In me. Me. When you're down, yeah. having to pee. I don't remember what the rest of the lyrics are, but which is <laughs> funny because I actually, once again, falling down the Spotify fucking rabbit hole, I listened to a bunch of Randy Newman like two weeks ago. Uh, but I could just imagine that right there. I don't know. There's that motherfucker. That may be t- Toy Story 4. Who knows? I know. They're coming up for Toy Story 4 for some odd reason. Which, yeah, you're good enough on 3. I'm not one of those, like, everything Pixar, but really, you're good enough on 3. Quit while you're ahead, you know? Yeah, exactly. What the fuck is that cocksucker? Sorry. You looking for it's that like, mosquito? <laughs> yeah, it's it pretty much the only insect I will kill. And I, and the reason I say that is because pretty much it's a battle. It's, you know, no other insect is really trying to attack you, but a mosquito is, so I consider it war. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, I mean... You I really know, don't want to clap right next to the fucking microphone, even though that's right where he's at. So you go can... For pr- it. I don't know. Go for it. I'll take my headphones off. Go for it. Go. Oh. Got him. Got him. Got that motherfucker. You huh? just gotta play, like, that Star Trek set in, like song, like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, like, in that, like, pause right there. Da-da-da-da. Speaking of Star Trek, did you see Star Trek 3? Yeah, I did. Did you? Oh, you got your headphones off. For As in Star Trek 3, the, the new ones? Star Trek Beyond? Did you s- Star Trek Star- I think this is technically Star Trek 13. Did you see it? I did. I, I know we forgot I saw to talk about it. last time for some odd reason. I don't know why, but like, I was like, oh yeah, that was the other thing that like I remember happened in the week. I saw it. Yeah, I liked it. I, th- I dug it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't like... Fantastic. I'm not one of those... It's one of those things like of all the Star Trek movies, the other ones seem to take place like over the course of like... Well, the first one took place over the course of a couple of years. But after that, after it takes place over the course of a couple of years, it seems to take place over the course of like a week or so. Maybe I'm wrong. Where this one's like, oh, this took place over the course of two days. Maybe yeah, I know. It was kind of like, it's almost like a very simple story. And it's kind of more just fun. But that's why I, kinda, I thought it was kind of pretty cool about it. You know, mm. there wasn't, I don't know, maybe it's like one of those things like, yeah, because really, when you really think about what happens in that movie, yeah, it's pretty darn simple. Yeah, and it's a good movie. I, I I liked it. It didn't really. I've never been a diehard Star Trek fan, but this is one of those examples where, when I went seeing it, like I'm kind of I'm glad it got as much good reviews as it did because there were so many people were hating on it from the trailer because the Beastie Boys and the, uh, oh well Star Trek uh, Into Darkness like blew it, so this is probably gonna blow it too. So this is probably gonna suck. And I'm glad to see the movie actually. I don't want to say I liked it as much as Star Trek One, but I was glad to see yeah. it have a good come around and. People actually, because one of the things I like most is, and as shitty and petty as it seems, I like it when, like, you know, there's this thing coming out and people are already shitting on it from the get go. Like, people were shitting on the original, the, not the original, but the Star Trek 11, the first J.J. Abrams one. And people were like, oh, this is going to suck. It's just J.J. Abrams is going to suck. And then it comes out like, oh, well, it was actually pretty good. Yeah, I know, because, like, how could you not like that one? I mean, come on. Like, that's that movie's so fucking good. And I, you know what? Into Darkness. I still really enjoy that one, too. I think it's just the Wrath of Khan thing, maybe, is a little bit kind of like, oh, it's not a brand new story. It's more like Wrath of Khan and Bizarro World. Yeah, but, I kind of got a little bit of that vibe. I, mean, I never saw Wrath of Khan, but I, I know what you mean about that, though. 
Yeah, it's kind of like opposite land, Wrath of Khan. But I don't think that's really a bad thing, though. Like, everything about that movie's still pretty cool. It's got a fun story. The, I mean, visuals are great. You get more of the characters. Like, what's there to complain about? And then in the third one, it's like, I'd probably say it's a little bit better than the second one, but that's still, you know, it's not saying the second one's bad at all. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get you. It's one of those things where, you know, I still, you know, I still liked it, but it was, I kind of get where people are coming from. It's like, I've seen this before. I've seen it done better. So I understand that. But at the same time, you know, I, I thought it was fun where this one kind of same thing. Thought it was fun. Just enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know if I get on Blu-ray or anything like that, but it was a good movie. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, I don't have the other two on Blu-ray. I guess I have on DVD. That might, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but well, the first one I probably bought before I had a Blu-ray player, but still, you know what the weird thing is though? It's like, I don't know what, when I went to see that movie. And about 20 minutes into it, I was just doing the thing where I started nodding off. I mean, it wasn't that late. It was only like 7 o'clock, but for some reason it was getting me. And then I kind of came back later on. But I, I remember when we saw Star Trek in the darkness, I had the same thing too where I started nodding off. I don't know if that has to do with Star Trek or what. Well, here's I guess I did that on Independence Day 2 as well. Maybe it's just a late night thing. But I don't know. I just started putting those two together. Could be that. I know that I started like... Once they crashed on the planet, that's right. I didn't nod off, but I kind of not not zoned out either. Just suddenly got a little like tired. I don't know what it was, and it wasn't really even a boring movie because I just it kind of happens in some things, I guess. But uh, there was um, what was I gonna say? I will say regarding this movie, uh, the one misuse I thought they had because I always liked Idris Elba. I always thought Idris Elba was always an awesome actor. I think they kind of like under you they misused him though you get like one of the you get one of those baddest dudes in like in like working in hollywood right now and you just make him look like cactus half the time yeah that is kind of true because it's like one of those ones like oh yeah you just help it is in this one he's a good looking dude too and you just throw him in a bunch of fucking cactus makeup the whole time it's just like oh come on dude yeah, it probably was a little bit underdeveloped, but yeah. Uh, I guess I'll, cool. I'll, that... I'll say something I'm trying to do is like you, you said this before when they try to make the sympathetic villain, which sometimes I get, but other times it's like, really? It's because they did that in like with Nero and they did that with this guy where it's just like, he's not really a bad person. He's just went down the wrong path. And he, he was misled. No, fuck him. He's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's I, I hate that kind of like, let's make him sympathetic because. That doesn't make him nearly as bad. You just you literally eliminate the fact that this could be a really bad, evil person. And every once in a while, you need that super bad, evil person. And I don't know if they... I think maybe in Hollywood right now, they kind of consider that sort of um, one-dimensional. Uh-huh. You know, or a two-dimensional character, I guess. Like, there's not a whole lot to him. And sometimes you don't need to have a character that has to have all this backstory and, like, where they were and so on. You can just have them be straight-up evil and call it good. Yeah. Well, did you see, and they also, I'm not sure if you mentioned this on the podcast, the guy that played Chekhov, Anton Yokin, he died, he died like shortly after filming this movie. I know that, well, it wasn't oh, well, shortly, not even shortly. It, was, it, was, it was only like, yeah, it was like a month ago. I think we mentioned that on the podcast when it happened, but that's such a bummer because yeah. that guy is fantastic. He's also the guy who played John Connor in Terminator 4. Oh, he was, yeah. Yeah, when fucking, um, not Christian Bale, but uh, what's his name? Uh, Sam Worthington. Yeah, when Sam Worthington busts down, like, saves his ass and everything. Uh-huh. But, so, yeah, such a bummer, because that guy's great, and he's fantastic in Star Trek. Uh-huh. Even though he's always got, I always thought that character had the weirdest name, because it just literally sounds like, I, I always just picture Kurt going like, hey, Jekoff! Uh, so, it, it, my name is not Jekoff, it is, yeah, nobody gives a fuck what it is, it's Jekoff now. Commander Kirk, played by Drunk Batman. The Enterprise is Space America, not sure if anyone told you. Yeah. 
I'm Get not your sure. Russian ass in the back seat now, because remember, America won. <laughs> uh, one thing I'll say about that is I'm not really sure, like, you know, the the, the whole thing with, I understand, it's because, like, mostly, it's, it's, you mostly want to see human stars, I guess, but... They're trying to do the whole thing. Probably plus back when they originally made it, all the makeup care, all the characters and makeup and all that were probably really expensive. That's probably most of the budget of the show right there. But I can see them trying to be like, cause they're, they're always trying to put like, well, Star Trek's always about being progressive. Look how progressive it was for the time. Like, yeah, it was really progressive and still is progressive for that time. But in the con, but in the context of the show, because you know you had like all these people of different ethnicities in this ship you know, being, like, in positions of power, which is pretty awesome. But hmm. in the context of that universe, it's kind of like, oh, I get it. All the humans get promoted. But all, you know, the aliens and Gleep Glorps or whatever stay at the bottom, just, you know, mopping the fucking mopping the fucking Enterprise door, you know, just mopping the floor, cleaning the fucking toilets, you know. Because <laughs> no matter what, there's always somebody that gets left behind. Well, I guess you could say the next generation is a little bit more progressive in that sense then. And then there's the part in the movie when you have like, oh, I guess cause, cause, I mean, if I had to guess, it was probably because they didn't have the ma- the budget in the, for the makeup. Yeah, budget wise, it's like that's the easiest way to do it. But one thing you could definitely tell, I, I knew it was going to there's like when Kirk pulled that one alien chick aside that had her head looked like kind of like a face hugger from Alien, that lady. When he pulled oh, her yeah. aside, like, I need your help. What's that? Hide this in your fucking hair or whatever. And then he didn't say that. But then later, when she's the one that pulls it out of her hair, that she was hiding the thing the whole time. And then they pull her and Ahura aside. But, All right, she's going to die. How do you know? She's a fucking alien. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Yeah. We, we know Ahura's not going to die. So It's not going to be Ahura. <laughs> and, you know, she's an alien. We don't really give a fuck about her. So, you know. Easier to watch an alien die than a human, so. But, yeah, that, that is kind of true there. I don't know, maybe in the Star Trek, the new four one, they'll start adding more kind of characterness uh, like that. Because, like, yeah, as I'm I said, sure, Next Generation had that. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure Trekkies can tell me, like, oh, well, this 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 mini, uh, this version of Star Trek had aliens in the front position and all that. I'm like, oh, I can see what you mean. But by then, I think they had a little bit more of a budget and they were writing off an old name. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's you know you're watching these characters, and it just makes it easier that way. But. How many shows have there been? There was like the original, Deep Space Nine, um, Next, Next Generation. Generation, Voyager, and then Enterprise, which is short lived. I think so. Yeah, that might be about it. As I said, it's, the Star Trek's always that thing. Like I watched all the movies, I never really watched the TV show. Now though. they have a new Star Trek coming out or whatever. So yeah, yeah, and like the CBS Prime thing, whatever. Which, whatever. So. Everybody just trying to get their own little network thing going, make us all pay eight ninety nine. Their Netflix subscription Each deal, show. yeah. No, well, you actually yeah, saw. Man. I didn't see it, but I feel like I've heard about all the fallout of it. You, you actually, oh like, yeah, you went, so I, you went to see uh, Batman: The Killing Joke in theaters, which I would have, but it slid by me. And by the time I got home, I'm like, I just got home, and I was just in that part of town. So, yeah, I'll get it on Blu-ray soon enough, but. I heard about a lot of the controversy around the movie, and uh, someone who saw it in theaters, and I already know you liked it, but why don't you say what would you think? Oh, yeah, it's full-on amazing. So, I mean, and the cool thing about The Killing Joke is, like, not only do you, you get that story, and The Killing Joke is really a very short comic. Like, what's it, like 64 pages? It's, like, mm-hmm. practically maybe three issues or something like that. Uh-huh. There's, you know, it's as, it's as big, like, you almost think about it being this, like, humongous book, sort of up there with like hush 
or something like that where you expect to be like 13 issues, but it really Short is, read. you, can read it. you know, yeah, yeah. It, it's a real tiny read, you know, and they just kind of put some filler stories in the back like, oh, yeah, to make the books kind of appear bigger. But what I like what they did with this one, though, is by throwing in this sort of Barbara Gorin like kind of beginning section of it, it really fleshes it out. So by the time that she finally gets shot, you – as watching this movie, you really have all this buildup of her going on throughout her life as being Batgirl and the things she kind of struggled with. I think it works really well for that story, which, I mean, I guess for comic-wise, you already had it built up anyways. But then you get to those three issues, and then, boom, it works fine because it's been built up there. But for as a movie, this was really w- good this way. And I know, like, really the main thing that makes it, I think, the controversial thing of this, and this is the only reason why I think it's rated R more than anything else, is the fact that you just get a scene of Batman fucking Batman. Yeah, I saw I I saw actually like some of the small clips online where um, they I saw that. I saw some of the Joker fight scene and all that. So, you know, I, I already kind of know how it kind of generally goes, but I was surprised to see that. So, I'm a little, I mean, I don't know. I was one of those people, I wasn't taken back by that. I was like, oh, well, there, there have been alternate versions where they've done that and they've even hinted at it in Batman Beyond. And they've even acknowledged there's been kind of like a mutual attraction between them, even though they, maybe they might have or might have never really gone on it. And is even though it's Batman's all business, I can see him being kind of like lonely enough and kind of fucked up enough to be going like, well, this girl kind of reminds me of who I'd go after if I was younger and then falling into that. So like, I can kind of see him possibly doing that, you know, because even though he's Batman, he's not fucking perfect. So, um, yeah. well, I think it- and the thing is, it's like that's kind of, there's always been that sort of weird triangle. Lo- you don't see it actually recently in the comics. It's almost kind of hidden nowadays. But older comics and even like the 66 show always had that weird like love triangle between Batman, Nightwing and Batgirl. Like this you just at one point they just all pull in after a hard day's night and <laughs> just get this like fucking three way on. <laughs> Like chasing Amy style, they just all agree this is the only way they could save the friendship. Bruce, Bruce is like, "All right, I'll be the one to say it." He just like he just like drops his pants in front of everybody. He's like, "What? There we go. Who's first? He just turns, looking at both of them with his hands out. Who wants to ride the Batwing? Come on, go, Dick. You're 18 now. It's okay. It's okay. We both thought of it. It's okay." <laughs> I want to say this real quick. But, um, uh, I don't want to make it too much about us, but I just want to mention we kind of just sort of broke our own rule because whenever we did like drunk Batman cartoons, one rule is like because there's already there's already so many jokes. There's, there's two main rules. There's there's only two main rules that we follow. Batman by. doesn't kill nobody, and nothing gay happens between Batman and Robin. And the main reason is because <laughs> there's are like every gay joke about Batman and Robin has been made. So, but for some reason. Whenever, like, one of our friends, and I'm not going to say his name, but a, a close friend of ours, whenever, like, they would mention, like, they want to make an episode, and they're like, oh, can I write an episode for you? Like, oh, what do you got? It always fucking ends, or at some point happens, Batman fucking Robin. I have no idea why. It just always fucking happens I think- whenever I open my ears up to, okay, what do you want? What do you, what do you think would be funny? Well, one boy, Batman fucks Robin. Like, no, no. <laughs> I don't know what it is, I, and I think that's mainly why our rule's there. It's just for the fact that, like, 
just everyone see Batman fuck Robin for some reason. Yeah, so we keep that, even if they want to make jokes about it. It's like subconsciously, so a lot of people want to see that for some fucking reason. And I think the three way thing that kind of like it, that's like the gray room. That's we haven't gone to breaking our rule yet. There's still, there's still a woman there, so it's okay. So I think my favorite line. I think one of my favorite lines uh, in a, is the one you wrote, which is like. What about the three-way? We had your sidekick Speedy. It was the seventies. It was a different time. A lot of people that, that that line's always a popular one, which I'm glad because yeah, it's just like what about that three-way we had? Well, Green Arrow's always been very liberal, so that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So you know, but okay, going back to Batman killing Joe. But once again, I really think that 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 is the number one reason that is rated R, just for the fact that like because all I imagine is. They always put those Batman movies in the kids' section in every fucking store. Target, Walmart, Best Buy, doesn't matter where it is, those Batman movies are always in the kids' section. So by that movie being rated R, because you know some kid's going to go it and then like put this on, like, Yay, Batman! I can't wait to watch this! And then all of a sudden, it's going to get to that scene and just be like, Mom, does Batman fuck Batgirl regularly? I don't... Did that happen in the the 97 movie that you showed me? Like, because that's the thing is that just instantly makes that kind of like, I feel like that's just radar just because they try to get that explanation away from fucking like some like six year old kid. Well, plus, even though it was showing, I'm assuming it's like a five minute scene, uh, but I'm guessing also when Jim Gordon and S&M. When S when like when he's in the S and M gear, he has to go down like the uh, the um, monorail thing of all like all the you know pictures of his daughter and all that kind of stuff, and then you got all like the like dwarves coming out like in like weird circus gear, like beating yeah, him with bamboo too, sticks I feel like and shit. That's actually like that. not nearly as hard to uh, almost like that stuff might go over a kid's head more than I think the other one. The other one's almost straight direct, and it's, it sounds kind of weird, but. I don't know, this is what I'll say about the Batman. This you know what, the only thing to me that's kind of weird about Batman fucking Batgirl is, and it comes off on the Batgirl side, is the fact that Batman's like her dad's best friend. That's what makes it kind of fucking weird. It's not the fact that he's older, and it's not the fact that they work together. It, that's almost the weirder one out of it all. It is, and I think that's what kind of makes it a little bit more fucked up. Which I think that I mean I don't know I. I it's Brian Azzarello. He's one of the writers in the movie, which I didn't know until a few days ago. And the thing about this is uh, a lot of people were mad because they thought it devalued Batgirl. It made her seem more like a like, oh, she was just sex driven about everything. Mm-hmm. You could you saw the movie, so you could tell me. But a lot of people said, oh, it made her seem sex driven. And rather than being rather than being a strong, independent character that she's known for, she was much more of like. I'm doing it because I just want to bang Batman. And, like, I mean, I'm sure people are just taking one little thing out of context. I've, I've got to see the movie for me to fully, fully judge it, make make a, a opinion. Does this movie open up, like, playing as, oh, she's been Batgirl for a while? No, she's been Batgirl for a while. And she, it's kind of that where she's she has this weird kind of relationship with Batman where, like, she helps out, but sometimes he just doesn't always want her around too much, you know, and... It kind of goes through that, and then she keeps she's working at a library, and she's got this gay friend she, she keeps talking back and forth to, and then he you know she keeps making up like, oh, I got this yoga instructor, you know, and he he's kind of a dick. He won't let me do certain things and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, well, why don't you fucking leave, you know? Or somebody's like super gay. He's like, so why don't you fucking leave, you know? I wouldn't be fucking hanging out there if I wasn't getting any fucking action. <laughs> like they really like lay into how gay this guy is, but, <laughs> you know. And then she kind of keeps going through. 
And it is that kind of. It, I mean, it works as far as the story goes. It works totally fine. It's not like to me. I don't think it feels like too weird. As I said, the only thing that seems weird about it is the fact that that's like her dad's best friend. That's what makes it kind of awkward. But I think Batman's done similar things though. If you think about it, maybe not fucked his best friend, maybe not his best friend's daughter, but things of like he's hired to a certain like after like you know. Tim Drake leaving and becoming quitting being Robin. He says, guess what I got? Your girlfriend be the new Robin. Fuck you. You know what I mean? He's done kind of like things that same ballpark to a certain extent. I, I think. guess. Yeah. Maybe it's not close to it, but that, that maybe not as much as that, but it's still kind of sort of that same range. Like, I mean, I guess maybe I'm thinking more of like green arrow that he like dated oh, yeah. the mom, the, the, then the daughter. Yeah, which I think Batman's kind of old, but you know, then then she got daughter, so it's okay. Which yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's some. I'm sure there's some weird dysfunctional like thing I'm thinking of here. Like I think here's a. I think that's why. That's why in the Arrow show they made him sisters instead. Which that's smart. I get that, but at the same time, (laughs) I think all all the queens like like fucked up enough to do that. He went after the cougar, then all of a sudden, like you know, the uh, hot young thing afterwards. But um. Uh, what was I was gonna say I, one thing. I mean, like, I got to see the movie, so totally keep what I'm saying in mind here. I got to see the movie, but a lot of people, like I said, were bringing it down, talking about how it, like this is the first one, one of the first like really poor, even though it, like did well in theaters for being what it was. Yeah, it made like three million dollars in those two days. It was, which is probably what the movie cost. It was pro. It was like kind of poorly received by like a lot of fans for the whole Batgirl thing. Which my thing that's is that's so weird because it's like one of those ones like I mean I will say it's a little bit ballsy, and it is kind of maybe not like the exact right thing to do, but it's not it's not weird out of context, you know, in a sense for these characters that have had this throughout the years, this kind of weird, we don't speak of it kind of like little like relationship almost. So it's not like it wasn't ever there. Anybody who's like kind of almost against it clearly hasn't kept up enough with Batman history, you know, it's been there. And I think that almost by having that in there sort of leads up to like, okay, because after they have that moment, then it's kind of awkward. Uh-huh. You know, it literally becomes like when Harry met Sally, like, <laughs> you know, if we have sex, does it ruin the friendship? Does it ruin the relationship? Can we still be friends afterwards? Does it make a difference? You know, <laughs> it, it, that's what it reminds me of. Oh, I get you. And, you know, afterwards, then she, you know, they kind of realize that it's awkward, it's weird. So she finally decides to put down she stops it. She's like, you know what? I, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm just going to kind of go on and, you know, continue being sort of like, you know, helping my dad be a police officer, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. She goes that route. And then that leads into pretty much your killing joke story. Well, uh, which go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say that kind of, um, I think it just kind of works well in that story context. I think it's kind of funny because Bruce Tim did not even want to do the movie. And I like how, even though I love Bruce Tim and his work that he's done, he always comes across a lot of times like, yeah, I didn't really want to do this. I'm just kind of here, you know. <laughs> and he, he was all like, he even said in an interview earlier on, like, we talked about doing this movie a while ago. And we kind of backed out because we didn't want to do it. But you got enough pressure to do it. So here we are. <laughs> just, well, again, because now he just feels like, hey, Mr. Batman. Yeah, 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 that's me. Yeah, and whatever. even like okay. when they did like Gods and like Monsters, which is a movie I liked, but it didn't really blow me away. Uh-huh. But I liked it primarily because it was in the Bruce Tim style. Like I was trying to like harken back to old Justice League style stuff, and he—you you could see like in the interview for that, he's like, 
you know, a lot of times, like, fans, they just want the same thing, same thing. Like, you know what? I want to see Superman kill somebody, and I want to see Batman kill somebody because I've been doing the same thing for a while. So let's mix it up. Let's make it something kind of different. So, yeah. Yeah, the only thing I always saw was stupid in comics is there wasn't enough killing. <laughs> <laughs> I want that Punisher mentality spread everywhere. I wanted it fucking Batman. I wanted it Superman. wanted it fucking Flash. <laughs> People are bitching about Zod's neck getting broken. Fuck, I wish he broke everybody's neck in that fucking movie. Especially yeah, Pete Ross. Bystanders. Fuck Pete Ross. Fuck Pete Ross, that bad. He just fuck. drops into IHOP, snaps his neck. Something I should have done at the bus stop. You're the reason why I was always a loser at Smallville. <laughs> but, um... Well, here's the thing. I'll say this. I think that the Killing Joke is probably one of the top best ones they've ever did out of all these. I think you'll really enjoy it a lot. Um, I think it's almost a definitive way to sort of view that story. I guess we'll know next week when I buy the thing. But something I will say. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have a part two of this conversation once we get to watch the special features and check the. And Blue maybe Brown I'll have to eat my words after I say this. Maybe I will feel like other like other people on the internet do, but. Um, at the moment, I feel like a lot of times people will see something, whether it changes it. Well, it's kind of a bummer, I have to say this. It's a bummer that you sort of got ruined by it by getting spoiled. I think that the shock of – not really a shock, but just always coming up like, oh, what the fuck? They're, they're going to go for it? Like, I Fucking think, Twitter, dude. Just fucking you know, Twitter, Facebook. It's funny because I never see any of that stuff on there, but maybe because I'm only looking at my own shit. I saw like a <laughs> gif of like – I saw like a gif of like Batgirl like – on top of Batman throwing her, taking her shirt off for a second. It was like a gift somewhere on Twitter. I'm like, really? Oh, and it looked at it like, well, that's too real. That looks too good to be, to be fan art. And then like, I don't know. I looked at a clip later in the line. I'm like, yep. Okay. That's real. Yeah. Cause that, that kind of made, I think that kind of made it more like of a surprise where it's just like, Oh, whoa, what the fuck? They're going to go that far. Oh, okay. Sure. And I think maybe, maybe that's where I sort of give it credit. Just, just going that far. I think in a sense, you kind of, you almost kind of needed that. Cause you, I mean, all these DCU movies have all kind of, like, over time, they, they all get closer and closer to leading up to, like, okay, we'll add a little bit more violence, we'll add a little bit more sexuality, we'll add a little bit more serious stories, and so on. So I just feel it's, like, it's great just to see so much rated R Batman nowadays. Because, you know, we, we get Batman versus Superman rated R. In a sense, even though that movie's, like, what's that rated R for? Ben Affleck's butt cheeks? Like, I don't know <laughs> really what makes that one rated R and I'm one fuck. But, yeah, a little bit of digit, just a little, little bit of blood added in there digitally, and someone saying "fuck" once. Yeah, exactly. The, you know, Mister Wheelchair Man. But okay, but still, it's cool to see that. Okay, that's Batman Radar. The Killing Joke is rated R. Batman Arkham, you know, Knights rated R. That new Batman Telltale games rated R. I just like seeing that because it's just saying like, hey, we're we're finally just full on taking Batman as serious as he needs to be taken, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, but something I'll say though, I think sometimes people will see something like, okay, they see this, all right. I'm going to use another example. I'm going to use this. We got our problems with Dark Knight Rises. We've talked about those a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. One problem I had is that everyone was almost nitpicking so many little things. Kind of like, okay, okay, so let me get this right. Batman takes it out there. What about all the fallout that's going to come in to Gotham? And after he dies, nobody really questions where Bruce Wayne is. And, oh, yeah, like, he just, it's one of those things, like, I feel like sometimes people want too many explanations for what would ultimately just kill the momentum of the movie. It's like, oh, the fallout, yeah, maybe there that was something they had to deal with later down the line, but and maybe there were people questioning 
where Bruce Wayne was, but at the same time, wouldn't that, like, during all that emotional stuff, you're hitting the climax, would you really want to, like, stop, pan over for, like, people, like, what happened to Bruce Wayne? Like, people in the street, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not necessary to the story. It's sort of like that complaint that I thought was so dumb on Dark Knight Rises. Was like, well, how did Bruce get back from, you know, after Yeah, the main one. The main one, yeah. Yeah, which was like, it's like, sometimes I kind of go like, are people fucking retarded and they can't like fill in the blanks in between that we literally need a hand? Because that is literally what I consider hand-holding you and explaining, okay, well, Jimmy, Bruce Wayne, even though he might not have a whole lot of money right now, he still has more contacts than anybody in the entire fucking world. So, yeah. It doesn't make, you know what? He probably owns all those airlines there. Yeah, he does. And if not, fuck it. Lex Luthor probably does. And guess what? He probably has a fucking connection to that too. So sometimes it's just that kind of thing. When I hear stuff like that, it's just like, you, it's like almost like people don't have any imagination. I, I literally just go like, are you, are you really that fucking stupid? You know what I mean? Like, and that part right there, and that, that part right there to me was, it was just kind of like in the begins without any training, he got all the way to the other side of the world. So I'm pretty sure he can do it like eight years later as fucking Batman. But um, the other, the thing, but the comparisons, I was using that as an example. So for this, people make it out, they're saying like, so we just see this point in Barbara Gordon's life where she's just banging Batman. And that's all there is to it. And then she gets shot. And that's what makes it sad because Batman lost his fuck buddy. And just like, I, well, I mean, I haven't seen the movie, so I got to see it before me to, to fully clarify. But I mean, I'm going to assume that, like, it's almost made for fans. So you're going to assume that, you know, she's been doing this for a while. And maybe there's just a point in her life, and that just adds to the heartbreak of her getting shot, you know? No, yeah, you're, you're correct. That's how it is. It does not feel like that at all. Whoever said that comic is probably a fucking retard who probably doesn't even like Batman very much. So it's one of those ones, like, I could, if you know, if that bothers you a little bit, like I, I don't know what it is. Like, do people just want like these female characters to be like? I, I don't know what that what they want. It's like, do they want them like never to fuck? Do they want them to like fuck each other? Do they want them to like put strap dildos on and like fuck everything around them? I'm not too sure what people are really like asking for. Sometimes with female characters, you know what I mean? We, like once again, like would it be? I mean, so clearly it would be totally fine if, you know, Batman and Catwoman did, did that. Not weird at all, I guess you could say. Because, you know, in a sense, they've never done that in an animated one yet. If Batman and... Um, I assume they did at some point. I well, yeah, I assume they comic-wise. I'm trying to think of kind of like... I'm just taking the DCU movies, for example. You know? Mm-hmm. And I know maybe it is... I, I don't know if it is that kind of thing that what bothers people is the fact that it's almost like an adult and but she's not really she's never really been a child as batgirl that's the difference it's not like she's the age of robin or something like that she's always been just a little bit older i don't even know i know there's some comics where it's out there like that but and maybe that is it maybe it's just that weird like 20 year difference i guess you could say and maybe yeah, that bothers yeah. people which i can i can kind of understand that but i think batman's a little like lonely and broken enough to try that yeah, I know. There's probably a Bruce Springsteen song playing as that happened in yeah. his head, and he was just like, <laughs> hey, you know, this like, shit only happens once. I mean, come on. You're not, not, what, what, that, what would Ollie do? What would Ollie do? What would Ollie do? <laughs> I doubt he ever asked himself, what would Oliver do? I no, doubt no. he ever asked himself that. I bet he probably asked himself, God, what don't. would... He, Oliver probably asked, what would Bruce do, and then try to do the opposite. Yeah, Batman's just like, please, God, don't do what Ollie does. Please don't do what Ollie does. 
Yeah, like I'm, I'm I really want to see the movie, and I'm gonna probably get it day one, like I do with all these DCU films. Um, I, 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 it's probably like top five material out of those DCU movies. Awesome, that's good to hear. That's good to I hear. mean, uh, like, yeah, for the people that don't like it, I don't know why. I mean, when I was at the theater, it was packed to the max, and I had to go all the way down the riverbank to go see it. Were people and, cheering? Oh, people were cheering. There was people of all age. I mean, I was sitting right next to like a couple people that were all in their sixties, so. That really? was pretty badass in itself. Yeah, I thought that was kind Did of. Did they seem to be enjoying it? Oh, they loved the hell out of the movie. They thought it was, they laughed at all the comedy moments, laughed at the dark stuff, went along with everything. Yeah, everybody there was fucking loved it. So it's weird that you got all this. You must have just found the negative hole of the internet where people are talking yeah, yeah. bad about it because everybody I've talked to so far just thinks it's amazing. I just looked at a couple. Like I just looked at a couple things. Like you know. Killing Joke Ruined, this kind of stuff. Oh, one thing I wanted to say real quick. I thought this is so funny. It's, it's going to sound kind of like bro-y, but at the same time, it's something you never hear about happening at Comic-Con. It got a screening at Comic-Con, and that's where some of the controversy happened. And someone asked about, well, Batgirl, who's been a strong character, she seems kind of like sexualized in this movie. What do you feel about that? I mean, she went from being a very strong character to someone who just, you know, wants to fuck. And Brian Azzarello, who, who was one of the writers in the movie, said... Uh, well, she controls all the men of her life. And then some guy who wrote from Bleeding Cool, uh, I should mention some of the things that I, I'm where I got a lot of this sources from, where I've heard a lot of this stuff. I looked at various reviews. One was ETC News on YouTube. But anyway, uh, one guy, from, I think, worked for Bleeding Cool, screamed out from the back, by using sex, by using success and panning over Bruce. And Brian Azzarello says, Want to say that up here, pussy? <laughs> That's pretty badass. <laughs> he, he was calling him out. He's trying to go all bro on him, like right there in the fucking con. Like that's one of those things you probably never expect to hear a comic book writer get a comic book writer say. Want to say that again, pussy? Here's the thing. This is where like you want to get more controversial. If they just did what they were doing in the comic books, and you took the same thing and you did the Batgirl of Burnside, you could have her fl- pretty much fucking a black guy, and that'd probably piss people off too. There's always some she's, shit like she's this. dating Luke Fox and like that one for a bit. So it's like it's just one of those ones like what? I, I guess the only sad part about it, there's a part where like fucking Dick gets back in the town, you know, because he's been um, just Grayson, you know, Agent 37. Yeah. And there's a part where like he's out kind of like it's kind of like he's he's sort of like, hey, you know, Barbara, what are you doing? You want to go hang out later? She's like, oh, no, I can't. You know, I'm you know, I'm going to go see, you know, Luke Fox or whatever. He's like, oh, oh, OK. Well, you know, um. I'll be, I'll, I'll be in town hanging out, you know, you know, just doing the things like old times. And she's like, yeah, I, I know, Dick, it's, it's okay. And then, like, he's, he ends up, like, kind of, like, looking from, like, the shadows from the top, like, spying on him, like, what I could have had at one point in time, just too late now. It's almost kind of a sad moment, because that's, to me, I always felt like that's the most perfect Batgirl relationship is with Dick Grayson. That, to me, always reminds me of, like, their true companions, in a sense, but yeah. they have that kind of go off. And there's even a moment, too, where, like, he swings down, like, She's not her wedding. She's at someone else's wedding or whatnot. And he kind of like breaks in. He's like, come on, Barbara, let's just go. Go away with me. You, we, we can do it. Come on. It's, you know, come on. Like, you fuck Batman on a rooftop. You can fuck me on a rooftop. I'm cool. I'm hip. <laughs> I'm hip. I'm an agent. Thir- I'm like 007 nowadays. Yeah, fucking rooftops. I got, we, we, I got a rooftop fetish too. Yeah. You can do it right by the gargoyle. Good watch. This won't be yeah. weird. <laughs> I mean, like, okay. Damien's gonna watch, but you know that that doesn't have anything to do. With. <laughs> he, you know, he's just at that he's age. Just dressed he's dressed as like, a gargoyle. Watch. 
He says he's at the watching age where he where he just wants to like you know pay me ten bucks just to like hide in the closet, <laughs> like that kid from American Pie. <laughs> I think one of my favorite lines in like Rick and Morty is just where he's just like says like this is our friend Malcolm. He watches me have sex with your mother sometimes. Like, no, no, was it like he's my friend Malcolm? This is like I think it was Malcolm or something. Like sometimes, like and I watch him have sex with your mother. Sometimes it's from a standing in a chair. Sometimes it's from a closet, but always while wearing a Superman T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember that one. And then when they start making out, you see the dad kind of like unbuckle his, like unbutton his shirt with the Superman shirt beneath it, just with a, with a mischievous smile sneaking behind the, into the closet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. But yeah, that's almost like how it sort of is. So I don't know. It's I I, I just didn't feel like I just feel it's like it's that kind of thing where people just kind of. They don't look at history. I think that's really what they're missing out on is they just make up their own mindset of like how these characters are not real going like, OK, well, in the last 75 years, this, this and this has happened, you know, over time, multiple times. And, you know, this is just kind of just finally just taking it to that next level, I guess. I feel, and I really feel yeah, like that's what, like that's what you said. Of, I feel like I feel go ahead. I was going to say it's funny because like I feel that thing, that one two second scene in the movie or so or a couple seconds scene in the movie almost overrides this total classic story <laughs> it like kind of comes up like you don't hear people i guess talking about like oh you know it's so cool how they got the joker dialed in just straight out of the comic book i mean like they're panel for panel they got the scenes in there it's almost like it just goes right back to the batgirl thing yeah like that right there i feel it's kind of like what you said like the people don't take into account like previous history i think a lot of audiences day and age they want things wrapped up in one thing and they want the character's life story in this one thing where it just doesn't give where I think like the, it's trying to give the audience credit. Like, you know, Batgirl is, you know, she's done this for a while. So yeah, sure. Right here we see her get fuck, get like, fuck them. Then we unfortunately see her get paralyzed. So it makes her a little more tragic. But at the same time though, I think it just, I think that people are just taking that one little moment out of context and thinking, Oh, that's all she's there for. She's there to get hot and then get shot. Fuck this. You know? And they just, no, there's more to it than that. You know, this is just all they had time to show. Yeah, exactly. And in fact, by that standard, we shouldn't even talk about that part anymore and just kind of go into, like, the way that they do the killing joke part of it is just so fantastic. You know, you got Mark Hamill in there just really chewing up the scenery, really working it as the Joker. Um, they they do a good job on, like, you know, pretty much the backstory, getting that all. I mean, they get practically that whole thing. It's all in there. And there's just so many, like, just shot for shot animated scenes taken out of it it's really great and i think it's almost the definitive way to kind of you know if i had to say between reading the book and watching this movie the movie's the way to go and i don't mean that in a bad way like taken away from the book but i mean like it really like sums it up that you almost don't even need to read the book sort of how i'd say almost like batman year one that's how i feel about that one too it's like that one right there that to me feels like it summers or summarizes that story so well that if that's all you ever watch is just that version you know, you don't totally need the book. Where something like, I guess you could say Dark Knight Returns, even though that, that movie is just pure amazing, the book still has a bunch of extra content in it that really kind of adds to it and gives it like almost like a different experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see what you're saying there. Mm-hmm. I'm, well, I'm definitely or, you know, something like Superman Doomsday. Where it's its own story, just with different elements. Which Doomsday is probably better than the real Yeah, where it's sort of like, the, the movie's like the summed up version of everything. Uh, what was I going to say? I think... Um, well, something else that kind of happened recently regarding superheroes and DC 
they did you see the uh, trailer for Justice League? Yeah. Well, the funny thing too is I remember like on our last podcast episode we did. It was like we wrapped it up, and then all of a sudden those trailers were all like released, like right after like we were done. It was like, oh well, that would have been a big thing to talk about, but <laughs> I guess not. So um, no, yeah, I watched the Justice League one, and that one looked full on fantastic. I mean, you know, for someone who loves Batman for v- I almost said Batman v Robin, but <laughs> Batman versus Superman, um, like you watch this Justice League trailer, and it's like this thing looks great. Now it does kind of have, you could see that the tone of it has become to the point where. It's a little bit more light, almost a little bit funny. I'm not going to say it's going all the way like Avengers, which is good because that's my only fear. Is I, I hope they just don't try to be the Avengers because I don't watch, I don't like DC because it's like Marvel. I like DC because it's DC, so I don't want them to try to go that direction. But, you know, lighting it up a little bit, nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? If they, if they want to have a little bit of humor, if they want to have a little bit of that, that's fine. And then plus I also f- thought the Flash looked really good in it because when I remember seeing him in the other stuff, I'm like – well, he just doesn't look like Barry Allen. He just looks like they're trying to get Haji in here to fucking be, or whatever he is, to be the Flash and just trying to like really like shoehorn in a non-white character. But then I saw him in this one. like, oh, okay, he just looks like a regular kid in this. So that's that's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, this right here, I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, I think a little bit of humor, the fact they're using that Jack uh, um, um, White Stripe song, I think that really helped the trailer. And... Like, I like Batman v Superman uh, more than most people, but I still think it'll use a little more levity. Where this one definitely has levity in it. And, the, you know, just even the small stuff. Kind of like you see Bruce Wayne going to Aquaman and basically getting turned down by Aquaman and thrown against the pillar. Then at some point you see uh, he's telling the exact same speech, this rehearsed exact speech to Flash, all serious. He says, oh, man, he's like, oh, you are? Like, he's the cuts? He says, really? Like, he goes, not that easy. <laughs> like he wasn't prepared for that. I know exactly. Well, it's just kind of funny because it's like it does kind of make because Batman is just going from so serious. It's almost like maybe like he just needed to get the seriousness punched out of him. Yeah, yeah, and I thought that was kind of funny. Even just kind of his small reaction. It's not even written funny, but it's just more his his delivery. It's kind of like they say yes. He says more or less. He's like more and more or less less. He says like more or less. Said no. Yeah, he said no. You know, just you don't really just that kind of back and forth. So. Yeah. No, I, I think everything in that one looked great, and I know it's like they only had so much stuff to kind of edit a trailer together with, but no, they did a really good job on that. But then the, the topper was, then you then like the Wonder Woman trailer kind of came on next, and that one was even better. Oh, that's true. You just look at how badass that movie looks. And by this point, I kind of just accepted Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Is that the, the best choice they could have picked? No, not at all. But whatever, I think she's kind of getting better as the thing goes on, and after multiple viewings of Batman v Superman, it's kind of like, oh, okay, I'll, I've accepted she it. She didn't do bad at all, I didn't think, maybe. I, I, is your thing, is it just the height thing? Is just she's not tall enough? Well, it's more she just doesn't She just doesn't have the build, and I think that's it. It's, it's I, That's always kind of been, and maybe it's just that kind of thing where if you're going to have Wonder Woman, you don't want to get a really ultra-skinny person. You want somebody who looks strong and intimidating, uh, and that was sort of what she was missing. But and I know she's sort of like CG enhanced, so go figure. But um, I, other than that, that's like you know, sometimes you go like, well, you can complain about it, or you can just accept about accept it and go with it, and then you'll probably enjoy it more anyways. George Miller's uh, George Miller's uh, Just League movie. Do you know who is going to be uh, that his Wonder Woman? I can't remember. Actually. It was actually there was the chick with she was like she wasn't like super young, but she was like one of the. Uh, 
there's the ladies who were living out in the desert. She had a rifle, and she had like long black hair. She got hit by a car at the end near the end of the movie when all the shit's going down. But uh, she's not. Which movie? Oh, I'm not sure. Mad Max Fury Road. That probably helped me clarify. Oh, Mad Max Fury Road. I, I, I didn't hear that yeah. part. Yeah. Uh, that lady who got hit by a car near the end of the movie, she's like a badass. She was actually a lady who was out there pretending to be bait. She was naked, then she later like got dressed up and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that yeah. lady. Huh, that, that would have been an interesting mm-hmm. choice. It'd be interesting to see what she looks like in other stuff, too, because in Mad Max, that kind of doesn't really give you a good like example of what who she is, but... Mm-hmm. That character's cool in that I can movie. Her, but... I can imagine her being that. Like, I'm curious to know what, even though I'm looking forward to this movie, I'm curious to know what George Miller's would have been. I already heard stuff. Like, the team, it was a really weird, bizarre team. It was like the main, it was the usual suspects Batman, Aquaman, uh, Flash, Green Lantern, and then um, Wonder Woman, Superman. And then they had, like, Martian Manhunter. Blue Beetle, uh, they had Booster Gold, and then I think, I mean, I think there may have been someone else, but I was like, wow, that was a really, you were expecting those last three in there. I mean, Martian Hanner are cool, I'd like him to be there, but I'd be, I'm surprised if he is, because he's just such a strange character I think they introduced in the first movie. Unless you think you bring one, the one to bring them all together, you know? Yeah, well, Martian Manhunter should be there, but it's just one of those ones where... I don't know why he always just kind of pushed to the side, especially nowadays. He's like literally like the forgotten just original Justice League member. I bet they're gonna probably like use him like Vision. Maybe he won't be in this movie. Maybe he'll be in the next one. I think so. I think that's kind of what he'll become. Maybe he'll be in this one. But no, both those trailers. Yeah, who knows? Maybe he will. I hope. I hopefully hope they don't do the thing where like Superman's like barely in it, or he's only going to appear at the very end or something dumb like that. I, I hopefully hope that he actually ends up coming like halfway into the movie. He's probably going to be at the very end. It's probably all about trying to bring him back to life. But... I think so. I bet you anything he won't be And in they're the movie probably going to have to fight that, him. Which is kind they're of probably going to have to all fight him at the end of the... Yeah, something like that, which is kind of a bummer. I wish they would have done something. I, I mean, I guess. I mean, it makes sense, I guess, to make the lasting part. But as far as a movie goes, you kind of like... I, oh, I, I heard like... He's kind of the. Main... I heard Zack Snyder say, I mean, yeah, Zack Snyder say the reason why they went that way is because if Superman was part of the team from the get-go, it would be way too easy to assemble. But I guess. I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's going to make too I, much of a difference. I think you just want to make Batman. He can, like... You know, that's the thing. Yeah, they really just want to shoehorn Batman in, but... No, yeah, both those trailers look totally badass, so can't mm. wait for those. But, well, since the internet connection's kind of a little bit getting crackly, maybe it's a good place to wrap it all up at. I actually want to give a shout-out to uh, the Comedy is 3 podcast. Uh, uh-huh. I have not actually, I'm not going to lie, I have not listened to your show. I don't know if they mentioned us on our show, but they've been retweeting my stuff on Twitter a lot lately and like actually commenting as if in a way as if they've heard the show, which I don't know if they did, but they've actually been like commenting on like stuff and reposting and replying and all that. So I just want to give a shout out to them. I'm going to listen to their next episode uh, pretty soon, but yeah. So thank you guys. Neato. Um, Oh, I also want to say that um, I got a new little short animation that just came out today, which whenever this goes up, but um, it's called Dr. Robotnik's mustache problem. And I saw it. it was really good. Yeah, it was like I, I always wanted to do a little Sonic the Hedgehog one, so I just kind of thought for it was for the Rubber Onion 
animation battle of July and they had their topic as mustache problems. And it was like, when I was trying to think mustache, 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 I was like, no, he's got a big fucking mustache. Dr. Robotnik. And then, so I just made a little animation about that. So you can check that out. I'll try to throw it in the description, but it's on Newgrounds, Vimeo, YouTube, you know, the usual works of stuff. But um, other than that, check out oldmanorange.com. Um, I'm also still trying to get that Podbean thing going, so that will hopefully be our main center for all things Old Man Orange podcast, but it's still always on Podomatic as well as Stitcher and all those other things. If you could also leave us a review on iTunes, that would be totally awesome. And then if you want to support the podcast even more, we also got our Patreon page. All that stuff, just type in Old Man Orange and you'll find it somehow, some way. So till then, I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. I'm Ray Dunn. And we'll see you some other time. Later, folks. our website at oldmanorange.com for even more podcasts, cartoons, videos, music, and more. Send us an email at oldmanorangepodcast at yahoo.com. Be sure to subscribe, share, rate, and review us on iTunes, Podomatic, or any of the other fine sites we might be located on. If you want to help out even more, click on the Amazon or GameStop links on our webpage before you make any purchases there. It won't cost you a penny, but it sends us a little something our way. Thanks again, and tune in next week for more Old Man Orange Podcast. On that Dr. Robotnik animation, there was a comment I got on Newgrounds, which it's literally like the comment, you're like, if I could get this every single day of my life, a comment like this, <laughs> life would be about perfect. What was the comment? It says, oh my god, that's hilarious. You're a fucking hero to this site. Now I know it sounds like one of those ones where it's just like, but like think about it, if you got one of those every single day... <laughs> That would give you a reason enough to keep going. Oh my god, yeah. It's like, I need more of those things. And then I got another one saying, More of that shit. Yeah, and even though, then again, it, it follows up by one that says, I didn't make any sense to me. It goes, I find that offensive, that comment. Sorry. What does that mean? Fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah. That means he just, he's just some like little fucking, click on his shit, see what he's done. The kid's just, I find that offensive. See what this little cocksucker's done. His name is Egg Tree Gaming. Oh, fuck. Yeah, click on this bitch. See, see what he's done. He says, I am Nicholas, and I am 10 years old. I have a YouTube and a Gmail account. I love gaming. I hope you enjoy what I have on Newgrounds. Well, he doesn't have anything on Newgrounds, but he says in his late... Fuck that kid. In- tell, him, tell him his face is fucking offensive. <laughs> <laughs> Go for the highbrow shit. <laughs> Here's his latest news on his fucking post. It says, I love Riddle School because I played Riddle School and it was easy. I also played Return to Riddle School and Riddle School 2, and it was a bit harder in both of these games, and I beat the remake of Riddle School 2. What the fuck is Riddle School? It, it sounds like a fucking riddle. I managed to complete Riddle School 3, but I did not see my time. I played it for. In the future, I plan to play Riddle School 4, 5, Transfer 1, and Transfer 2. Yeah, fuck this kid. Yeah, who fuck the fuck him. does this guy think he is? Fucking Nicholas Garner. Sorry. I see what your fucking real name is. <laughs> fucking show up and fucking beat your fucking ass, huh? Who, you think you're somebody fucking special? What? What, <laughs> just these two, like, 
these guys like in like late 20s just show up like what what where's your rental school now what <laughs> fucking knock on the door like like the mom answers like hello nicholas oh yeah little fucking nick yeah where's nicholas at his ass is gonna get beat see if you can solve this riddle riddle of like the five guys living my my, my fist fuck you where is he <laughs> where's that little fuck i bet you he's by his computer that little cocksucker why you guys from New York? We only sound like we're from New York when we gotta stir fucking shit up. 